Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the one that's been working for 47 goddamn years. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? 47 goddamn years, Cortland. I'm actually going to make you a shirt that says that. And I'm going to pepper it. that into this podcast just <laughs> every once in a while. I mean, it's, it, we should, yeah. You know, Brandon, it's a very special day today. It's the day of your birth. It's your birthday, Brandon. Yeah. Happy birthday. Uh, as of this recording, I am now 34. Ugh. I am. Ugh. It's it's mid-30s now, I think, officially. Gross, Brandon. <laughs> I mean, I'm 34, too, but gross. <laughs> yeah, you are you were 34 first, so, like, I don't want to My bad. <laughs> I didn't uh, mean to spread that. I don't even, I don't even care, honestly. Like, no, it's not that big. About getting older or, you know, the age going up, I'm like, I don't even care. I thought you were going to say about getting older and wiser, and I was like, man, I mean, wiser's not that bad, but... Uh, anyway, yeah, it's your birthday today. You know what I, th- I think is hilarious is that we always seem to record on, like, special momentous days, like wedding anniversaries and birthdays yeah. and <laughs> other people's birthdays and we're like shut up i gotta go record nah, this podcast nah, nah, get back in the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> I have to record a you're not allowed to come to this half of the house <laughs> like your voice better not even appear on this birthday i mean <laughs> your voice better not even appear on this podcast happy birthday <laughs> mm. did you do anything awesome this week brandon actually it's been two weeks because like we couldn't record last week because i lost power <laughs> yeah that's pretty interesting. It was pretty shit, Brandon. Okay, so here's the story. I woke up, <clears throat> so we can record an hour later now. So we record at 7 a.m. on Saturdays right now because the time Ooh. changes. Awesome. Woohoo. Which is kind of a good thing because if we would have been recording at 6 a.m. last week, we would have had to re-record because power would have been gone while mid-recording. But anyway, I woke up at 6.45, like on the dot there. And the moment we woke up, like, my alarm went off. <laughs> the moment that happened, my, my power went out. And I was like, what the fuck? Because I was still, like, oh. half asleep, you know? So like, yeah. Did that seriously just fucking happen? Yeah, it was, like, the fan went off. And I was like, uh-oh, that means bad business here. And so I hobbled together a quick setup using my wife's laptop and mobile hotspot on my phone to connect to the internet. And we recorded some plot points, which you can find on Patreon. This is just all a plug for Patreon. (laughs) Yeah. You can find the real podcast on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was ridiculous, Brandon. And so I woke up this morning and and Kim was all like, wouldn't it be funny if we lost power? And I was like, no, how dare you? (laughs) It would be horrible. Yeah, I'd be like, well, just shut the podcast down. That's it. I'd be like, I think that something doesn't want us to have this podcast. Sabotage. I'm going to go with the universe on this one. Private Island presents nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's just some weirdo out there. Some, like, weird fan that knows where I live and has, like, power cord cutters. <laughs> no, what happened was, is last week it, it, was, it was snowy, and uh, somebody ran into an electrical pole and knocked my power Really? Off. Yeah, that's what People happened. People don't know how to drive in the snow there? <sighs> no. <laughs> they don't, apparently. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. But anyway, I'm sorry. I think I asked you, like, did you do anything cool this week? And then I was like, me, me, me. So anyway, what do no, you No, I was glad because then I don't have to say, like, oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Nothing cool. That's all right, Brandon. We're going to be double recording today for the second time ever. So I'm super excited. So I think we should probably just dive into this episode. We can talk about you in a little bit here, okay? Meh. <laughs> Let's just get into it. <laughs> well, Brandon, we watched season two, episode one. We're in season two of Tales from the Crypt already. Uh, Dead Right. What did you think about Dead Right? I think it was all right. Oh my gosh, Brandon. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Get 
goddamn years. <laughs> 47. You're great, Brandon. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty big opener for season uh, season two of Tales from the Crypt. Got a pretty big cast. I don't know if they were big back then. Um, I don't but... think they were they were huge back then, but uh, well, I don't know. It depends on when this uh, this episode premiered because I think it was Demi Moore had a pretty big 1990. I'd say I think she did too. Yeah, but uh, we also have Jeffrey Tambor here, who I I know in Arrested Development mostly, but uh, he did pretty great too. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was fun yeah. Episode. I think this I think this was a good episode. This one's very uh, imaginative. Like it's got that. Uh, kind of campy charm to it that i really enjoy mm-hmm. and uh there's some other things i think they did some really fun choices in this episode and uh it's got trotsky brandon did you see trotsky no trotsky's the dog the dog's the best <laughs> i missed trotsky oh trotsky makes such a big appearance he eats animal crackers and everything it's great <laughs> do you want to just dive into this episode yeah lots let's to talk start about. from Start from the top here. Start from the top. All right. So our episode starts up with our best friend. It's a Crypt Keeper. But we're just looking at his big old eyeball, right? And he's saying he's going to look into our future and calls us his darlings. How did you feel about him calling you a darling? I felt just so tickled. Yeah, I know, right? Like butterflies in the stomach. Like he notices <laughs> me kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so wonderful. We're his darlings. I, I've been waiting all my life. <laughs> we're his little beauties. I was a little over a year old when this episode first premiered, and even then, I was still his darling, I think. For us, he sees something grotesque that will sicken and disgust us. And the camera quick backs up, and we see the rest of Crypty, and he's laughing. He's always laughing. He's always having a good time. He is. Yeah, he's laughing, saying, it's him. I don't know. Crypty, maybe? I don't know. Tonight's tale is a snickering stab at suspense about a gold digger that wanted big bucks to buy baubles and bangles. (laughs) It's really difficult for me sometimes to, like, actually write down what he says, because he's hard to understand sometimes. Yeah, well, you just know it's some alliteration and then laughing. He continues, look out, Kathy. I see you just might buy, buy the big one. He says buy the big one. We see yeah. a picture for our episode, which is a girl, who's Kathy, laying down with a smile and money in her hands, and there's a big looming shadow in the background with a knife. This sizzles us into the episode where we see our main character, Kathy, walking down the sidewalk, lighting a cigarette. She ends up at Madame Vorna's fortune teller shop and opens that shit up. Inside, she asks if the woman standing there is Madame Vorna, and she heard that she can tell the future. And Madame Vorna looks over at her dog on the counter, saying she heard correctly. I can't do a Russian accent, Brandon, but she says... didn't she, Trotsky? Was it a, a Russian accent? I guess it, it was supposed to be. Yeah, well, the... Some kind of... Over there. The accent. fortune teller is played by Natalia Nogoluch, so I think she's actually Russian. It's not okay. going to be fake this time. Well, maybe it is, but I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell. She's impeccable, okay? Yeah. She's a very stereotypical fortune teller. She is. Well, how do you feel about Madame Vorna? I like Madame Vorna, so I'm just going to inject my I mean, opinion. <laughs> Madame Vorna calls it like she sees it, and I can't blame her for that. She's great, Brandon. She, I like the parts where she, like... Looks into the camera, and I don't know. She's just silly to me. I like her a lot. Kathy says she does not believe it's nonsense, but if it doesn't go over her lunch break, then what the hell, you know? Warner tells her, yeah, sure, what the hell, right? The fee's 20 bucks, and you pay in advance. Kathy opens up her purse, which looks like a picnic basket, <laughs> asking if she uses tarot cards. Warner tells her, nah, I have what people call the second sight. I use myself and you. I read your vibrations. 
The lady sits down and Vorna explains that she's an empty vessel and her psychic energy or spirit fills her up. Then invites her to start this shit. Vorna rubs her temples and looks at Kathy saying, You're a working girl, aren't you? A secretary wasting her life typing away, but that's not in the plan, is it? All your life you have the desire to marry for wealth and money, but your chance never came. So you keep working, hoping to meet Mr. Right. Or should I say, Mr. Rich. <laughs> Mr. Right, I see him. He's in the basement oh of God. the Alamo. <laughs> right. Kathy is kind of impressed by this, saying, not bad. And Vorna continues her prediction, saying, oh, by the way, today you're going to lose your job. Kathy says, <laughs> I like that. Kathy says, that's impossible because her boss is out of town, so you just made a big mistake. And Vorna doubles down, saying, bitch, I don't make even little mistakes. Here's some more. By the end of today, you'll have a new job. Taking big swings. Yeah, right? That's a probably a pretty big predictions there vorna you have to be pretty confident in your abilities to take some swings like that because otherwise you'd be like i predict you're gonna have lunch today and <laughs> then you'll go home because that's how you get repeat customers because they'd be like whoa you were right well that's why you pay up front she already got the 20 dollars, so yeah but you want her to come back i know it's all about that customer service you know kathy calls her nuts and by the way her lunch hour is almost up and she gets up to leave, but Trotsky bum-rushes Kathy for a moment before backing off, and we get a gorgeous transition where Kathy pushes the dog off, she opens the door, and bam, she's seamlessly in her office. Yeah, so seamlessly that I was like, wait, what's going on now? I know, right? It, it took me a minute, it, too. Yeah, it's a nice edit. I love that kind of shit. We haven't seen a lot of really good edits. I don't think we've seen really any in Goosebumps. Are you afraid that Ark had some cool ones like that, too? I think this one was just uh, masterfully done. I like it. So she's calling out to Sally, who is one of her co-workers, and she says, Madam Vorna was a total waste of time, but real quick. She punches her time card saying that she went into this bizarro act saying Clayton was going to fire me today, but I told her that asshole wasn't even in town. Sally kind of just looks at her uncomfortably when behind Kathy, we hear Clayton say, Actually, Miss Finch, that asshole came back unexpectedly. Kathy sorry, apologizes, but Clayton's cool with being called a nasty name. However... This time card here indicates that she went to lunch at noon. Now, Brandon, in this place, yeah. this place of business, you only get an hour lunch, okay? Kathy says, yeah, I know, of course we only get an hour, I'm aware of that. Well, Clayton just straight up tells her that she's fired since it's 1.25. He tells her to pack up her shit and throws her card. And we zoom over to the clock like it's a huge reveal that it's 1.25 in the afternoon. Wow, he's right. I, I gotta say, I've watched this episode a couple of times because it... You know, we didn't record last week, so I wanted to refresh myself on it. And they do show the clock at Madame Vorna's where it says it's like 12.50 or 12.55 or something. Mm -hmm. But it does not make a big deal of being like, this is the time here. So this seems kind of like lame to me. <laughs> I guess, you know, she's like, oh, as long as it's, you know, dawn in time for me to get back from my lunch break. But I guess Madame Vorna was just like so engrossing and the things she was saying were so cool. She just got caught up. And uh, lost track of time. We saw the whole thing, so... I don't know. Whatever. You know what? Honestly, it doesn't matter. In the streets... Because Kathy's in the streets now walking home or whatever. Some dude is pushing out a girl from her store. Saying uh, she's she isn't laid off, but she's fired. She screams a bunch yelling, I'm not fired. I quit, you cheap bastard. And by the way, you'll never replace me. And he's all, oh yeah? And he looks over at Kathy, who's minding her own business. Saying, hey, you. You want a job? And Kathy looks intrigued. And then she walks inside. Uh, I was going to make a joke about how 
he looked to the left to the left and saw Kathy, but he actually looks to the right, so I can't make it. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Beyonce. We cut over to Madame <laughs> Borna's place where Kathy tells her, okay, you're right, I did get fired, but it was because of your stupid slow clock. Vorna's all, oh yeah, okay, but you weren't unemployed for very long, were you, darling? Kathy tells her, nah, I wasn't. Then Vorna tells her some more secrets of her future, saying there's a new wind blowing for her. I see a great deal of money coming your way in your life someday. Trust but first, me. I see a man in black, and you are in white next to him. <sighs> it is your wedding. Kathy's all, that's cool, but tell me more about this money stuff. And Vorna apologizes, saying that this dude isn't going to be wealthy at the time of their marriage. Kathy fluffs that off, saying, fuck that. I ain't marrying no one unless they're loaded already, and I'm talking big money. Big money, Brandon. No whammies. Your yacht, mansion, <laughs> big quotes, the whole shebang. She wants her money. Her own. Well, no. Somebody else's <laughs> Someone money. else's money. <laughs> she wants a blank check. Yeah, I love that. To buy mink coats. Dude, mink coats. Those were all the rage back in the 50s. Because, by the way, this this episode takes place yes. in 1950. Yeah, it took me about 20 of the 25 minutes to figure out, oh, this is in the 50s. Right, the part where it blatantly shows you that it's 1950. Because that's where it took me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was just a little bit before that. But there's even one part where I... Nah, we'll talk about it later. Okay, okay. Vorna walks over to a jar saying, boots and coats. <laughs> boots and coats and boots and coats. What about love? Kathy says, yeah, I guess that's important too. Vorna corrects her saying, nah, you only think about money, ain't that right? Kathy didn't know, because she ain't never had no monies. The music gets a little tense as Vorna tells her that soon after she gets married, her man will inherit some money, a great deal of money. It'll come to him from someone near and dear to him. After he inherits the money, he's going to die violently. Kathy's all, ooh, so I'm going to be super rich widow, huh? <laughs> Vorna explains that she's going to meet him tonight. A large man will make his approach. We cut to Kathy's new job where there's just a topless girl dancing because, guys, we're on HBO. We get topless girls. But she's got little pasties on her little boobies, so it's, I mean, she's not totally topless. Yeah, so it's like HBO Junior. Yeah. <laughs> HBO Junior, yeah. Which they did have, by the way. They used to have HBO for kids, and they had some weird fucking shows on that. Huh. The hell was on HBO for kids? I remember there was uh, the NeverEnding Story animated series Oz, on there. Oz, babies. Yep. My, my sister has to, had an HBO subscription back in the early 90s, and I would watch weird shows on it. That's the only one I can remember, though. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever watched it. I had Little Lulu, the TV show. <laughs> oh, ew. I know, right? I was like, hmm, where's Nickelodeon? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Oh, man. So, she, this girl's random-ass girl's dancing, and the crowd claps. Over with Kathy. She's doing her waitress job, asking people if they need anything, and we hear the owner over the mic introduce their new waitress, Kathy Finch, saying, be warm and generous with her, and she may be returning that favor. But anyway, we got tonight's feature attraction coming on. It's Miss Nude Nebraska of 1948. Nice. And I was like, hmm, she's probably old. <laughs> At the time. <laughs> I didn't even piece that together yeah well it's miss aura lee we watch miss aura lee come on stage with pasties on her boobs and she's dancing a little kathy starts talking to the owner whose name is al and uh she's saying kind and generous more like stupid and stingy i can't just not do a brooklyn accent apparently i know and it's, it's beautiful i i just it's becoming a part of me now apparently i don't, I don't know what's going on <laughs> she says give me two stingers and a scotch straight up 
They watch as a large man in a black suit walks in. Jeez. Kathy's saying, but yeah, the sign out front says big tits, not big tips. Then she comments on the guy that just walked in saying, Jeez, is this dude huge? Al <laughs> wonders aloud which guy Kathy's talking about. And she's all like, what? what? You can't even miss him. He's so big. <laughs> this fucking fat ass over here. <laughs> He's got, probably got his own oh zip coat. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Yes, Brandon. <laughs> what episode do you think is more insensitive to obese people, Cortland? Would you say it's this one or Say Cheese and Die Part 2? I'm going to have to go with Say Cheese and Die Part 2, Brandon. <laughs> I think it's still I'm more insensitive. I'm going to agree with you because it involves a child. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> but goddamn, is this episode just like... Fat people are gross, am I right? You know, at least this episode has the benefit of being set in 1950. <laughs> With Say Cheese and Die Part 2, there's really no excuse. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess maybe in 1950, a fat person would be like, wow, that's a crazy thing I've never seen before. I feel like it, yeah. I feel like everybody was a bit thinner back in 1950. But boy, do they do some work to make, yeah. oh, and I to make this down. man just absolutely disgusting. The best part to me about all this situation is that the fat man, whose name is Charlie Marno, who we don't get his name for another like 10 minutes or so, mm-hmm. he's played by Jeffrey Tambor, who is not fat. No. He's in a fat suit. With lots of makeup. Lots of makeup. Yeah, they do a, a lot on him. I feel like they, they put they had a big budget for this episode. They did like a whole Danny DeVito, the penguin sort of transformation mm-hmm. to his face. They really did. My main question is why, though? Like, why didn't they just hire a fat man? Maybe it would have well, been too insensitive? Because he's so monstrous that, yeah, you wouldn't hire an actor and be like, ugh, so disgusting. Look at him. It's like in Home Alone, where mm-hmm. Butch's girlfriend, they were like, we're not going to have some girl that we just make fun of for being ugly, so... We're going to make we'll a boy a, do it. We'll hire a little boy. <laughs> and we'll pay, he's disgusting. We'll pay a little boy $10 to smile at a camera, and then we'll make Kevin make fun of him. I don't know, man. It was a weird choice. Like, I'm glad it happened, because Jeffrey Tambor's great, but uh, I just was like, why didn't you just hire a fat man? <laughs> Fat men want some work too, you guys, back in 1990. No, there just were no fat people in 1990. Could you imagine, for just a moment, Brandon, if it was like Louis Anderson that walked in the door? <laughs> just, just Louis Anderson by himself with no makeup? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love it because it's Louis Anderson. And he was just like, hey, Kathy. <laughs> oh my god, this episode would have been incredible. Marry me. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> that would have been so amazing. I love Louis Anderson. Rest in peace. Yeah. Okay, so Al tells her that this guy's not her type. And Kathy agrees, saying he's not even her species. But Al says that he's one of their best and brightest, so bite your tongue and take care of him. So Kathy walks away saying, okay, Al. We see Kathy go over to that big old Santa, and she's asking what he'd like. And he wants a Rob Roy, which I don't know what that is. I'm I'm not privy to the 1950 drinks here, Brandon. I have to know what it is. Grind this podcast to a halt here. Two ounces of scotch, three quarter ounces of sweet vermouth, and three dashes of Angosturia bitters. I don't know anything about this. Why did I do this? Sounds <laughs> delicious. Whatever. 1950s drink. Who cares? 
then he stops. Okay, so, like, Kathy takes his order, and then he stops, and he grabs Kathy, and Kathy asks if he wants something else, and then he says he wants a date tonight after she gets off of work. Kathy shrugs him off, saying, well, no problem, but the date, no way, Jose. The guy turns over to her, saying, hey, and he points at her for a second, and asks, are you playing hard to get? And she tells him, no. Just try impossible to get. She walks over to Al, saying, hey, Al, one Rob Roy for the fat boy. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, right. She turns to look at him with the realization that this is the one who Madame Borno was talking about. That cuts us a little later, where Kathy is up on a balcony watching the girls dancing on stage, and she takes some puffs on her cigarette, and up walks Jeffrey Tambor in a fat man makeup, and he says, look, um, I know you don't want to go out with me, but, uh... That should be the end of that sentence. See, <laughs> I know you don't want to go out with me, so why am I talking to you again? Because Bye. he's... He's kind of a nice guy that just doesn't... A nice guy no or a answer. nice guy? He is definitely a quote-unquote nice guy, Brandon. He's he's kind of a, he's kind of an asshole, actually. Yeah, he is an asshole. This episode kind of tries to paint him as sympathetic at some parts, and I guess mm-hmm. some parts he is, but ultimately, you know, he's not. Ultimately, he's... I Look, I appreciate his, his confidence, you know, I think that's great, but it's also like... To the point of being uncomfortable <laughs> to watch a little yeah. bit. He uh, he's very like entitled. Yeah, <laughs> he feels that's a good entitled word. to Kathy's affection, and why? Like, I would say I don't agree with it, but I would understand if he was rich and he mm-hmm. was just like, oh, I'll I'll just you know buy your love or whatever. But he's got nothing. He doesn't have looks. He doesn't have money. He's not a gentleman. No. But he's still, he's like, come on, you're going to date me. Like, uh, look at me, I'm Jabba the Hutt. Like, why wouldn't you date me? <laughs> he's like, what's the opposite of a total package, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, he's got nothing, <laughs> but he feels like he deserves this woman. He's got that confidence. I don't know, that 1950s white man confidence, I guess, right? I guess, it's his world. <laughs> well, he chuckles, Brandon, because he's thinking these same things, apparently, and he's saying... I know I'm a little overweight. And Kathy tells him, a little overweight. And Hitler's a little anti-Semitic. She walks away from him down the stairs going on saying, Eisenhower, I think, is a little bald and the Pope's a little Catholic. And I did look it up, Brandon. I don't know I don't know much about Eisenhower, but he was kind of bald. So I think that's what she <laughs> I said. I thought you were going to say, I looked it up and the Pope is Catholic. The Pope actually is a little bit Catholic. <laughs> yeah, he practices Catholicism. Weird. I don't know who the Pope was in 1950, but he was a little Catholic. At the bottom of the steps, she stamps out her cigarette, and the guy follows her out of breath, saying, Hey, what, what are you doing? <laughs> we, we, we got a special connection between us. <laughs> Who gets out of breath going downstairs, Brandon? This man! <laughs> I mean, I guess he did go up the Jeffrey stairs Jeffrey Tambor in a fat suit. I don't know how much extra pounds he's carrying <laughs> from all this prosthetics and crap they put in his suit but like yeah that's got to take it out of you man kathy turns around a little as as he puts her hand on him saying that they're gonna be together it's destiny she pushes past him and runs out of the room we watch her run to madame borna and she just busts in there and madame borna is busy doing her nightly routine when kathy yells you gotta tell me that fat disgusting creep isn't the man she's gonna marry borna's all oh you were rude to him weren't you come here sit down and Kathy does say that he's a pig in his face. Oh, God, that breath. So he's got that going for him as well. Yeah, he's got that Rob Roy breath going on. Brandon. 
Who's the real guy, though, Brandon? Madame Vornick, gotta tell her. Well, she says. She says, he's the one you'll marry, just like she told. She sees everything. He's the one that'll inherit the fortune after you're married. But like I said, shortly after you're married, he'll die a violent death. I told you that. But don't worry about it. Have an animal cracker. She grabs a little box that has some animal crackers in it. And Kathy takes one, and Vorna grabs one too, and she hands it to the dog, saying that Trotsky swears by them. They're good. They're, I mean, animal crackers are pretty good. Wow. They're one of those snacks, I forget about animal crackers, and then I eat them, and I'm like, why did I forget about you? Trotsky would be so mad at me. That cuts us over to a cafeteria, where Sally and Kathy are getting some food. And Kathy has some doubts about getting together with the, the uh, chunky man. Sally tells her, why not? Madame Vorna's been right about everything else, hasn't she? Kathy says that this guy's just too grotesque to look at, let alone do it with. He'll probably smother her, Brandon. Yeah, probably. Yeah, most likely, yeah. They sit down and Sally's all, good lord, would you cheer up? Just marry the guy. <laughs> like, okay, Sally, Jesus. calm down. Just marry him already. Jeez, I'm tired of having this conversation. <sighs> it's been like two minutes already. Madame Vora said it would be a short marriage. So Kathy puts on her fake Russian accent saying, yas, my darling. So she inherits the money and then he dies, violently. And we get to watch this incredible scene where Kathy is dreaming up the ways that this fat dude dies. And we get to watch him, Brandon. I thought it was Yes, really this fun. is the best part of the episode. It was really cool. So first we get to, like, this music starts building up. It's a little bit silly. First we see him walking across the street as Sally suggests that he gets hit by a car. It smashes him and spreads him across the road. And we watch as a car plows into the dude and he drops his popcorn and stuff all over the road. Kathy shakes her head saying, nah, it would take a really big truck to just flatten him. We look outside and we see the fat guy get obliterated by a truck and it's great. <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah. But Kathy stops saying, nah, I got I got better. I can see him sitting at a big old table full of food, just stuffing his big old fat face. And then he starts to choke on a big old piece of meat. He starts gagging and spewing his food out and his eyes start to bulge and they're watering and his veins start popping out. Kathy is just sitting there talking about choking food in this cafeteria, but nobody seems to care. Yeah. The camera pans over to the cafeteria, and we get to see this scene play out, because the fat man, whose name is Charlie, we don't even know it yet, is sitting at a big old table with a bunch of food, and he starts to choke to death on it. And Kathy laughs a whole bunch, <laughs> and Sally tells her that she's got to go for it. And psychopath. It's cute. I love that. <laughs> That cuts us over to another topless woman with pasties on. She's dancing because, guys, this is HBO. Gotta get that subscription money in there. Kathy's talking to Al, smoking her little cigarette, when the fat man walks up and brushes past her. He goes and sits down, and Al's all, Say, nurse, I think you got a patient. And the fat guy's just sitting there, bobbing his head, and he's clapping out of tune with the music. <laughs> and the dancer, and he just looks over at Kathy walking up. He says, Hey, baby. Kathy asks, What's his pleasure? And he asks if she's busy tonight, because he was thinking if she got off early. But Kathy stares at him, saying, I don't. Also, I'm busy every night. And he's all, you're too busy for dinner and dancing? It's all work with you. She shakes her head, but he shushes her, saying, you feel that? And he ushers her closer, so she thinks for a second and says, okay. And they nod, and she goes to get his drink. Then she turns around and asks him what his name is, and she is dating Mr. Charlie Marno, Brandon. Nice. Good for her. Yep. That is uh, his... The only thing Charlie Marno has, I guess, is his name. <laughs> he loves his name. It's a shame we didn't get it until, like, ten minutes into the episode. Marno. 
We cut to the Wolfman movie in black and white, and some girl is waking up and gasps. And we zip over to Kathy and Charlie in the movie theater, and Charlie's got two big buckets of popcorn all to himself. <laughs> yes, both for him. I love movie theater popcorn. Yeah, and this part while I was watching it, I was like, wow, he took her to like a super old movie? Like, what a cheapskate. Because <laughs> I still didn't know it was the 50s at this point. You're so stupid, Brandon. I know. So stupid. It is still kind of an old movie. If this is The Wolfman, which I'll be honest, I haven't seen. It came out in 1941, so it might still actually be an old movie. I don't know. In 1950, though, they had like color and stuff, so what the hell, Charlie? Come on now. He just wanted the popcorn. He puts his arm around Kathy's shoulders, and she's very clearly uncomfortable about this, but she plays mm-hmm. it cool, baby. This cuts us over to a Chinese restaurant where there's a bunch of food being served to Kathy and Charlie. And Charlie's talking about how he loves Chinese food, except for one little thing. And Kathy, who's picking around with her chopsticks, says, You feel like eating again 20 minutes later? And Charlie laughs a whole bunch about this, and he's slamming his hand on the table, and he says, How did you know? How did you, how did you know that? Should I keep that in? Should I say it again? Yes. Okay. Yes, because it sounded like part of the character. <laughs> okay. This cuts us over to Charlie and Kathy in their ballroom dancing, Brandon. They're having a pretty good date, I gotta say. I mean, it's terrible, but yeah, the activities seem pretty all right. I would go to a movie and Chinese food and dancing. Do you guys even have Chinese food over in Australia? I feel like we talked about this before. Your kids probably haven't even eaten an egg roll, right? I mean, there's lots of Chinese food. Oh, okay. But uh, egg rolls, no. Oh. Oh my god, they don't have egg rolls. Because <laughs> egg rolls, I think, are not actually Chinese. Well, no, but like, so? <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, right. Look, you can wrap anything in an egg roll and it's great. I went to I went to TGI Fridays just yesterday and they had egg oh, roll. Oh, the Chinese food. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> One of the advertisers was uh, was Philly cheesesteak egg rolls. And I was like, you really Delicious. can't put anything in here. Yeah, I would eat it. I didn't, but I would. I would eat an egg roll filled with pizza rolls. <laughs> hey there, everybody. Courtland here, your good buddy and your favorite fortune teller. Thank you for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you listen to everything we've got. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. We have plenty of content available on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash private island. Early release episodes, bonus episodes, and so much more. We do plot points every Monday, full-length episodes on Thursdays, and those early release episodes get uploaded the moment I'm finished with the editing. So with multiple posts every week, there's plenty there to keep you up all night. Feel free to recommend a movie for us to cover on our plot points, too. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, and Preston, the Silver Goth, Stephen, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, and Meredith, the Golden Day Day, Sarah, Matthew, Faith, Christy, Mr. Normal, Angela, Keith, and our newest patron, Kyle, and the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Farron, Bryson, Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. Find us on social media at UANpod on Twitter and at UpAllNightPodcast on Instagram. We post tons of pictures, memes, videos, and more. Every Wednesday night, you can find us live on Instagram watching old horror anthology shows, as well as fan-selected episodes from other shows. You can hang out with me on Twitch, that's twitch.tv slash privateislandc, where I'm playing games and having a goof with everyone. There's tons of sound bites that you can play from all of the shows that we've covered. As for games, I've been playing a lot of Phasmophobia lately, which is a ghost hunting game, pretty spooky, and Final Fantasy. So check it out and hang out with me. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox, I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork.
We've had such a blast with Tales from the Crypt so far, and there is still so much more content to come. For now, I'll let you get back to the Season 2 opener, and I will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. In this ballroom dancing scene, Charlie accidentally steps on her foot with a loud crunch and then says, actually, I'm pretty light on my feet. Kathy awkwardly laughs a little, saying, yeah, I wish you were light on my feet. Charlie's all, huh? She says, I said, you're such a delight to me. (laughs) I love, I love that. She does this a couple times in the episode. I think it's, I think it's perfect every time. (laughs) Why, Why is she even trying to like hide it? I don't know. It's not like he would be like, oh, you you made fun of me. I'm breaking up with you. No, he's very he clearly infatuated <laughs> with her. He just wants a hot chick. Yeah. She's Demi Moore, man. She's 1990s Demi Moore. So She's 1950s Demi Moore. 1990 Demi Moore playing 1950 Kathy Finch. <laughs> we cut to Kathy's house where she's rushing to put her keys in the door. And she opens it up as Charlie says that he had a great night. And she's all, well, I did too. And then Charlie pulls her in for a smooch. And Kathy is super uncomfortable about this. But Charlie doesn't really notice because he doesn't care. And eventually they do smooch. And Kathy runs back inside. She waves and then she immediately locks the door. Outside with Charlie, he just kind of like walks past her window and then walks away. And we look inside to see Kathy vomiting in the sink. I love that. Like him walking away like, that was a good date. That went really well. And then mm-hmm. pan over to her. <laughs> it's pretty great. That cuts us back to the bar where Kathy's working. And Charlie's there too. And he says that he can't wait for tomorrow. Kathy wonders why. And he says it's because I get better looking every day. <laughs> Kathy ignores that, pouring a drink. He asks her what she thinks of his new suit. And she says it's totally him. Which she says, yeah. I saw it on the rack and it just said, and he snaps his finger and points to Kathy, who points back saying, Charlie Marno. Charlie Marno. The Charlie Marno. Charlie smiles saying, you really know me, baby. (laughs) You know my name, baby. You know everything about me. My name, etc. My suits. That's about (laughs) it. They've only been on a couple of dates, which is so wild that she knows him so well. They were meant for each other. He says, look, I ain't, I ain't got much now, but I got good prospects, and I'm crazy about you. So, will you marry me? Kathy looks at him saying, well, that's a big question, Charlie. I, I don't know anything about you. The ball's on this guy. <laughs> I, I know. He interrupts saying, but you know I love you. Kathy fights back a little saying, but what about your family? What if something happens and, and there was an emergency? Is there someone we could call to help out, like a brother or an aunt? You know, somebody who's rich? Charlie giggles, saying, Rich, oh wait, I do have that uncle that owns a factory that's worth a whole lot, but I ain't asking him for nothing. Kathy's all, oh, I'm sure you won't have to. Anyway, yeah, Charlie, I'll I'll marry you. We hear the vows being said in the background as Charlie reaches over to smooch Kathy on the hand. That cuts us over to the wedding, where Kathy's in white, and she says, I do, till death do us part. That quick cuts in this episode. I have cut written like a hundred fucking times in my notes. Over in the bedroom, we see Charlie is laying down. And he's got his robe on and a record player on the table. And he's calling for Kathy. He puts on some music asking, what's taking you so long, baby? In the bathroom, Kathy's smoking a cigarette saying, uh, you should probably start without me. So Charlie, he puts on the 1935 classic, Cheek to Cheek. (laughs) And he's saying he may have to because he doesn't know how much longer he can hold out. 
And now we're over in the bed where Kathy is incredibly uncomfortable, which I've said about three times now, as Charlie starts touching her, and finally they smooch as she just puts up with this shit, Brandon. It's so gross. It really is. They did a good job at encapsulating how, like like you said, that sometimes he is sympathetic, other times he is a complete asshole and a jerk, and this is definitely one of those times. How do you feel about Cheek to Cheek, Brandon? I'm for it. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty good song. I've only ever heard it used in like a, this is actually a terrible situation kind of way, I think, though. <laughs> we get another fun scene that happens here where we see Kathy and Charlie dancing to the song, and it's super cute. They have like a little singing and dancing number. It's really done. It's, it's done well. This is cut with scenes of Charlie laying on the sofa, eating a sandwich, and snapping his fingers at Kathy, who's vacuuming. He stops her vacuuming, and he's like, because he's like eating a sandwich while he says it. Yes, because he's disgusting. He's a nasty, nasty man. More fun dancing, and then we uh, look at Kathy being a housewife, asking Charlie how his cornflakes were. He thinks everything's great, so she plops down a big plate of donuts, saying, yeah, and here's your dessert. She turns to go, but he holds her hand, and he's saying, he loves married life. Kathy sarcastically thinks, yeah, this is rich, isn't it? More dancing as Kathy twirls around, and that cuts with Kathy doing laundry. Charlie's handing her his big underwear. We see Kathy in the scene grab a bottle of vodka or something, and she takes a drink. More dancing to cheek to cheek cuts us over to her slapping that record player off, saying that she's got a headache because they're back in bed now. She rolls over to get some aspirin as Charlie complains again. Oh, will you forget that aspirin? Let me give you a dose of extra strength, Charlie Marno. Charlie, come on. <laughs> this guy's like a fucking Pokemon. <laughs> you got it, yeah. Marno! <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Kathy shrugs him off and asks, hey, Say, Charlie, uh, have you heard from your uncle? You know, that rich one with the factory? He tells her, No, why would I hear from him? He's out west with his family. The camera quick pans over to Kathy's face as she's all, Family? God damn it, Charlie. Why didn't you tell me he had family? Why didn't, <laughs> Why didn't ask? I ask any questions at all before I agreed to marry you? Charlie wonders what the big deal is, and Kathy tells him the big deal, okay? She says, Are you nuts? You out of your fucking mind? This is just my goddamn fucking future is all shit. And she leaves the room. Awkward. <laughs> From now on, Charlie is kind of like a sympathetic y. He does some. He has some great like face expressions and such. Over with Madame Vorno, she's working out to the TV, and Kathy's in there complaining that she spent three months with this slob because of her. He's never going to inherit any money. He's just a fat, penniless pig. That's all he'll ever be. Vorno finishes up her routine, saying, "So the honeymoon's over," and she towels off. And Kathy yells that she's through with the both of them. She's not wasting any more of her time or money. She's done, Zos Brandon. She's it's over. She calls yeah. Vorno a jerk and a phone and garbage. Piece of shit. She rushes out of Vorno's as Madame Vorno sits down, saying, He will inherit the money, and then he will die. Vorno is right. She looks at the camera, saying, Vorno is always right. I love Madame Vorno. Yeah, Vorno's good. She should come back. She should be like a Sardo in the show. She should. I'd love that. I don't think she is, though. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone comes back except Crypt Keeper. No, uh, the... There's one character that comes back a couple of times. Really? Well, yeah, but it, he, he plays like a bartender or something. It's uh, the guy from the first episode from The Man Who Was Death or whatever. And he's playing the same character. I don't know if it's the same character. I think it's different characters. Oh, well, then that's that's not what we're talking about. Okay, never mind. Scratch that from the record books. With Kathy, she heads into a, an automat. 
it's this weird store where the food's locked behind a fridge where the customer has to go in and pay to like open it up and even look at the stuff. I don't really know what that is. It's fifties things you wouldn't understand. Yeah, the fifties were all about making like futuristic stuff. You know, they have really weird commercials in the fifties. A lot of that stuff obviously didn't really take. <laughs> this is one of them. Some dude bum rushes her with a camera and the lights and stuff, and, and this guy tells her congrats as Kathy asks, what's all the hubba? Turns out she's the Automat <clears throat> Chain's one millionth customer. And he starts writing down her name, Kathy Marno, on a check and presents her a check with one million dollars. <laughs> so much for such a dumb contest at a little... Right, this is why we don't have automats anymore, because Kathy Marno got the million dollars that put them out of business. Because <laughs> a million dollars in 1950 is like a billion trillion dollars yeah. in today's money. She's instantly like the richest person in the world <laughs> for just being a customer at a business. I'll, I mean, I take it. A reporter asks her how she's feeling, and Kathy looks at the check saying, Madame Vorno's a dumb bitch. And the reporter's all, huh? What was that? <laughs> Kathy says, Who's a dumb bitch? <laughs> Kathy says, it's a thrill to be rich. (laughs) She's a quick thinker, that Kathy Marno. She is. The reporter then asks what her husband is going to say about her cool million. Kathy tells her that she can't wait to get home and tell him. At home, Kathy walks in with a bunch of bags and stuff, and Charlie's in the kitchen. And he calls out, Kathy, that you? Kathy walks into the room to start packing, saying, yes it is, you fat, disgusting slob. (laughs) Charlie stares at her. And it's kind of sad looking. He does a good job of being, like, destroyed a little bit. As she packs for a moment and then walks over to the living room. Kathy tells him, Madame Varno was wrong. I got the money and you didn't. I've had my last dose of Charlie Marno. And she finger guns him. <laughs> Charlie wants to know what she's talking about. And she yells, I'm talking about you, you creep. I'm moving out. No more smelling that stinking sewer you call a body. I'm out of here. Thanks for three months of nausea. Charlie grabs for her suitcase and she pushes him to the ground saying, Keep the goddamn clothes. I'll never get your putrid odor out of them anyway. I got money now, so I'll just buy new stuff. Goodbye. Charlie, by the way, he's in this like really comfortable looking sweatshirt, I have to say. Yeah, you mean you gotta have comfy sweatshirts. I kind of want that sweatshirt. When you're a thousand pounds. It looks comfortable. I would wear it. Charlie kind of waddles up saying, Kathy, girl... You can't just walk out on me. We love each other. Kathy laughs a little, saying, I loathe you, Charlie. Every day with you is like an eternity in hell. Charlie runs over to grab her, saying, Oh, girl, you feel it? And she he shakes her, and she tells him, Nah, I don't feel it, Charlie, and I never felt it. Now you get your mitts off me. Charlie goes to touch her hair, but she backs away. And he goes into the kitchen as Kathy gives him some advice. Because she just can't, like, let it go. You know, she's got to have yeah. the last word in, which is her undoing, really. She says, eat a salad once in a while and take a bath. Charlie seems surprised by all of this. Yeah. He's like, oh my god, our happy marriage is coming to an end. What? He doesn't know yeah. how to read, he, read the room or sign. He does not. <laughs> he can't read any body language or just regular language because she is all... <laughs> Often, like, you're disgusting. He lives in a he, ignorance is bliss kind of thing, huh? He, yeah, he hears what he wants to hear. and yeah. She turns to leave as we see Charlie grab a big knife, and he calls out, Kathy, one last thing. And she stops and turns around asking, what? And he says, if I can't have you, then nobody can. And he power walks over to Kathy, who backs up, and she tries to open the door, but he stops her. He grabs her close, and she says, it's okay, Charlie, just, just put the knife down. But he doesn't. 
he raises it above his head. And Kathy asks him to put the knife down, and he, and he nods, and he's saying, okay. And he eventually does put it down. And then he quickly raises it back up, and stabs her in the chest. <laughs> yeah, he puts it down into her heart. Mm-hmm. Kathy falls to the ground as Charlie stabs her over and over again, saying, If I can't have you, then nobody can! And he screams a whole bunch. Yeah. It's just him going, Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> right here, Spongebob. He's howling like Tarzan and stabbing her like a million times, even though, like, when it keeps cutting back to her, she only has, like, one stab wound and the same amount of blood. It's a bit silly. It is. <laughs> so he screams like Chewbacca a few times. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Kathy falls over dead, and that cuts us over to a graveyard. We hear a reporter telling us that Kathy Finch was a lonely girl that wanted money and love and found Charlie Marno. She married him because she heard she would inherit a fortune and then he would die. Who told him this? The only thing, I, I thought about this for a while because like, what the fuck, reporter? Like, this is <laughs> like a eulogy for, for Kathy Finch, Kathy yeah. Marno, and you're sitting there just smearing her name through the mud as we look at her gravestone. She was late for lunch <laughs> and then she got fired, but then she got a job. The same day. <laughs> I, so disrespectful, you know, like to talk about this woman. Like, it's her fault that she died. That's what I got out of this. Yeah. I mean, it's the 50s. But it is 1950 where this is like kind of, I, I would say a big reveal, but I guess we should know from the hints that it's 1950 already. But um, I don't know. It does say Charlie Marno did inherit a fortune from Kathy Finch after he murdered her. Which is really weird to say because, like, that's not how it would work, I assume. I mean, did she even get to, like, claim the money? Well, I assume she cashed the check because she had, like, shopping bags, but I don't know. She had that money for, like, five hours? (laughs) Most? I don't know. The camera pans over and we see Kathy Marno's grave. She was born 1925. She died 1950. And I was like, well, shit. This is 1950. Okay. (laughs) Shyamalan twist right here at the end <laughs> yeah so oh what i was gonna say i think the only thing that like i got out of that is sally was the one that told the reporter yeah she must have been it had to have been sally because i don't think it was madame varno that cuts us to charlie who's sitting down at the electric chair and the reporter tells us that he's been given his last rights and eaten his last meal which we understand is the largest that any death row prisoner <laughs> has ever had just had to throw that in there <laughs> I'm glad they did. but He's very fat, folks. (laughs) They close the blinds and switch the lever, and the screen fades to black and white. And then it fades back, and we see that Madame Varno is watching the violent end to a violent man. There's a knock on her door, and in walks a woman. And she asks her, are you Madame Varno? I heard you could tell the future. And Varno walks over to Trotsky, saying she heard correctly, didn't she? Trotsky barks back as she smiles, saying, The fee is $20, and you'll have to pay in advance. This cuts us out of the episode, Brandon. That's it. Yeah, the end. With the Crypt Keeper, he's saying, Poor Kathy. She did buy the big one, and that Charlie was a cut-up. Still, he wasn't sad in the end. You see, when Charlie got his just desserts, he requested seconds. (laughs) Now I predict your future. He's fat. Next week, you'll be in the same time, same place, same station for another hideous, hateful hall of horror. And that's the end, Brandon. Whew. That was Dead Right, season two, episode one. A big one, I say. A good start. Good start yeah. to the season. Seemed to have a big budget, I, I think. It had great acting, 
the extra scenes of watching Kathy dancing to cheek to cheek with with um, Jeffrey Tambor, like really cool stuff. The the whole scenes of him getting hit by cars and stuff was awesome. Yes, the scenes of Jeffrey Tambor getting hit by a car, Pinnacle. worth it. Yeah, I like that part a lot. Uh, overall, though, I mean, man, what an unlikable cast. I don't know if I have much to say about it. It's a pretty simple one, uh, pretty simple story. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about a moral of the story, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these stories are really more morality plays than like Goosebumps ever was. Which is kind of weird, right? I mean, those yeah. are for children that should be teaching them things. Yeah, those should be like Mother Goose, like, oh, don't cheat or whatever but goosebumps is just like whatever there's worms fuck it (laughs) don't don't (laughs) sadistically kill worms tales from the crypt is always like oh this is what happens when you lie yeah don't marry for money yeah i don't know i don't really have too much to say about this one i think it's really cut and dry um i think it was probably adapted from the comic pretty easily especially given that it's still set in the 1950s i don't really care how they they talk about women and it seems like a lot of them are just like money hungry and I, I don't like that that theme, and I feel like that's all we're gonna get from our characters that are women. But eh, whatever. Yeah, moral of the story, Brandon. I think this one's pretty cut case here. Don't don't marry for money. Don't marry Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> yeah, if a woman seems one hundred and ten percent not interested in you, take no for an answer. Yeah, it's not hard. Moral of the story: fortune tellers are always right, you guys. Moral of the story. Animal crackers are delicious, even to dogs. Yeah, it's a perfect healthy balance of uh, nutrients for your dog and for people. Yeah, it's got all the different animals that they like to eat. (laughs) Dead rights, though, Brandon. I think we can come up with a better name for that. Um, I struggle with these ones, but we can do it. Charlie (laughs) Charlie in charge, right? Charlie Marno in charge. Charlie Marno. The episode. Fat ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Period. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sure. Charlie Marno, fat ass. This is in the 1950s. The end. <laughs> that's, hey, that spoils the twist. Oh, right. The twist that we didn't even know the was coming. The twist that I don't think is meant to be a twist. It's just we're not perceptive enough. No, I guess we're just stupid. You want to meet this cast, Brandon? We got an all-star cast yeah. here. We got Demi Moore as Kathy Marno, Brandon. Yeah, AKA who, Kathy who is Pinch. she? Well, Demi Moore. Have, have, we, have we seen her before? Was she in one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? No, she wasn't. She was in Ghost, though. That's probably the only movie oh, I that, remember. That from. sounds like a horror anthology episode. It's got uh, Patrick Stewart. No. Swayze. Patrick Swayze's in it, Brandon. You know Ghost. It's got, you know, Whoopi Goldberg. I've seen Ghost. It's a crowd-pleasing movie. It is. What else was she in? She started her career in 1981 with a movie called Choices. Uh, she was in St. Elmo's Fire, which uh, is in the song 1985, and that's where I know it from. I've never seen St. Elmo's Fire, though. No, she was in Parasite, but the 1982 movie. Oh, I thought, I was like, she was looks, in South Korea, Brandon? <laughs> looks like a grindhouse <laughs> piece of shit. She was in Beavis and Butthead to America. Hey, that's a good movie. I haven't seen that movie. In- oh, hold on. She was the voice of Esmeralda in The Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, though, Brandon. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> I was about to say, like, oh, that's, you know, nope. that's a big stage of her career. The direct to VHS sequel. Was she even in the first one? Okay, she was. Was she? Oh. Yeah. My bad. She was in both, so, like, she came back <laughs> for the direct to video one, which is, you know, 
that says enough about where her career was. But at least she was in the first one. My bad. I'm sorry, Demi Moore. <laughs> I didn't see The Hunchback of Notre Dame Ridge first. Most importantly, it seems like she was in the Muppets music video, She Ooh. Drives Me Crazy, which <gasps> I wow. love. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. her in. She was in G.I. Jane. I mean, yeah. That's kind of it. She's in other stuff more recently. Looking at her IMDb, she's not in as many big things as. I mean, she was a household name, you know? Like, yeah, in my mind, she was like, you know, Julia Roberts big in the 90s. But looking at her IMDb, it's like, yeah, she was in uh, Ghost and then. Hunchback of Notre Dame. (laughs) Scarlet Letter, I guess. Uh She was in something called Feud this year in 2023 oh well she's she's still doing stuff let's go on to charlie marno played by jeffrey tambor in a fat suit all right we didn't really talk about his face by the way they they put a lot of stuff on his face to make him look kind of hideous it's still still recognizably him but also hideous yeah he's got like craters and just like embellished just dripping goo yeah he looks nasty uh, I love uh, Jeffrey Tambor. He hasn't been in anything since 2020, though, with Magic Camp. But I, I know him best from Arrested Development as George Bluth Sr. Yeah, that's um, that's a big, big thing, his career. But he's he's been in lots of stuff. Well, let's take a look here. He started his career. I got to scroll a long ways for this. Hold on. He's been on a ton of shit. Uh, he started his career in 1977 with a TV series called Kojak. He was in Starsky and Hutch right after that. Uh, let me see here. He was in the Twilight Zone back in the 80s for uh, two episodes. She was in Murder, She Wrote. I'm sorry, he was in Murder, She Wrote. Doogie Howser. He was in Doogie Howser, Brandon, one episode. He was in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, I haven't seen that show. That's but cool. The intro. He was in Pinky and the Brain. Duckman, Johnny Bravo. Muppets from Space. It always comes back to the Muppets. He was in The Proud Family for an episode, Brandon. Ah, huh, cool. Uh, the Muppets Wizard of Oz in 2005. He really likes the Muppets, and I like him for that. Dude, everyone likes the Muppets. If you don't like the Muppets, I don't like you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> he was in Mr. Popper's Penguins. <laughs> there was a Hangover Part 3. He was in that, as well as uh, Hangover Part 2. Perhaps the first one. I'm doing it again where I didn't check out to see if it was the original. <laughs> he was. He was in all of the Hangover movies. I didn't even know there was a third one. I've never seen any of the Hangover movies. He was King Peppy in Trolls in 2016. That was the highlight of his career. Next. Let's talk about Madame Vorna for a second here, Brandon. Played by Natalia Nogolich, who's best known for being in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Do I remember her in that movie? Nope. I don't. Huh. I've seen that movie a ton of times, and I have no idea who that is. She was in three episodes of Fuller House, Brandon. I don't remember her in that. She's apparently very forgettable, because I've seen everything she's ever been in, and I do not remember this woman. She's been in a lot of things. Started her career back in 1978 with Stony Island. Yep, seen it. Have you? (laughs) Really? No. Oh, okay. Nobody has. Stony Island? Come on. She was in The Guardian, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Murder, She Wrote. Everybody's been in Murder, She Wrote. Damn. I gotta watch that movie. I mean, I gotta watch that TV series, huh? Got Miss Potts in it. She was in Grown Ups in 2000, which is not the movie with all the hilarious actors that we know and love. She was in Growing Pains, Return of the Seavers in 2004. I didn't know that they had a, a Growing Pains movie back in 2004. She was in Drake and Josh, Nip Tuck, 24. 
She was in a lot of really good movies or really like big TV shows. Criminal yeah, Minds. She was in every TV show for one episode. She's got a niche and she uh, fills that niche really well. Yes, forgettable woman, except for in Tales from the Crypt, where she is wonderful. Next up, we got Troy Evans, who plays Al, the like bartender owner. Uh, I want to talk about him just a little bit because he had more speaking roles than Sally, who I'm not going to talk about. Oh, got to scroll down a lot in this one, too, man. Started his career in 1981 with Lou Grant, a TV series, which I've never heard of. He was in a show called Wizards and Warriors. That sounds amazing from 1983. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I've heard of that before. Yeah, it's a big movie. He was in Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. The bad one. (laughs) (laughs) Not the worst one, though. There's one in the 90s. Bad because of him. Uh, He's been in two episodes of Tales from the Crypt, so I don't... Let me check out and see which episodes. Uh, He's he's, he's in a season 4 episode later, so we're going to see him again. He was in The Frighteners. uh, Life with Louie Brandon. He was in Life with Louie for five episodes. We wow. knew it would come back to Louis Anderson. I had it planned the whole time. <laughs> Always does. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Let's see. His last credit right now was uh, a short called One Beer in 2022. And that's our cast, Brandon. That's that's all I got to say about Dead Rights. Fun episode. All right. um, you want to know what's next, even though, honestly, we already know what's next? Yeah. What do we got next week, Cortland? So next episode was going to be season two, episode two. It's called The Switch. Unfortunately, we actually have already seen this one because, like I said, I didn't have power last week. So Yes, unfortunately. Let me just say what the uh, IMDb description is here. A wealthy and elderly man subjects himself to a revolutionary new treatment in order to please his gold digger girlfriend. That's a scratch. Huh. Got gold diggers in this one. Crazy. Unfortunately, becoming young again turns out to be very expensive. You don't say. Look, I'll just give you guys mm-hmm. a little a little taste so that you'll come back next week. Okay, do it. This episode, it's got butt cheeks. Oh my god, it's got butt cheeks right in. <laughs> <laughs> For the second time. Got we got butt cheeks. Alright, Brandon. I think that's all I got for right now. I'm going to stop this now. I'm, it's, I've been up all night, but I'm not going to bed yet because we have another episode we had to cover here. You gotta stay on We're track. Actually, up all night. I know. Sorry about that. It's worth it though, Brandon. It's for the peeps. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Let's say, Brandon. I'll uh, talk to you in a little bit here for the switch. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have an animal cracker.